0: Okay, folks, I've got an insane deal here. My good buddy, Brian, just let me know. His website, foodforestfarms.com, is running a 50% off deal. 50% off. One-time coupon. You only get to use this once, folks, so load that card up, make it count, but go on over to foodforestfarms.com and use the coupon code Meat. But that's including everything there, not just the coffee club, not just the CBD products, no. This includes tickets for Squatch Fest. So if you're at all interested in going to the Pacific Northwest and hanging out with a bunch of cool, liberty-minded people, this is probably the best savings you'll ever get on tickets. So that's just crazy. Uh, That's right. Old Scramblin'. The coffee bean expert himself, the guru, the roaster of the best coffee on planet Earth, is offering 50% off. So once again, foodforestfarms.com, Coupon code Liberty Meat. Get on it. The Liberty Meat Solutions podcast is all about food freedom and finding ways to provide you and your family outside of the system, how to raise and process your own meat and not rely on others to do so. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you enjoy. Hey, folks, we are live again from the car here. I've got an awesome guest with me today, so I'm going to save a lot of the intro and and fun stuff like that. Uh, If you're tuning in here, hopefully you are finding us on YouTube. Follow me there, or you can find us at uh, live.libertymeet.solutions, and uh, you can find all the different ways to follow us there. If you're tuning in the the audio side later on, uh, go on back and check on the YouTube uh, later on if you want to catch some of the video of this. Um, Ran into an awesome guy on TikTok the other day. Yes, that crazy... Uh, <laughs> the crazy freaking Chinese app that's going to steal all our data from our Chinese phones. Uh, no, uh, it, it's been a pretty good platform. Once you get past all the, you know, the, the crazy dancing girls or whatnot, there's actually useful people on there. And this is one of those guys. He's uh, raising birds in his backyard. Uh, he's doing small acreage and whatnot, doing a lot of stuff you're told you can't do. So uh wanted to have him on, Asked him if he would like to join the podcast. And sure enough, here he is. So uh, everybody go ahead and welcome Johnny from rebel poultry go ahead and follow him over there on tiktok and johnny you're live welcome to the podcast how you doing man
1: doing great howdy
0: awesome uh, sorry awesome. all right so sorry about my massive spectacles know, <laughs> you're fine for folks who have no idea what's a johnny and tell us about rebel poultry
1: um johnny's just a, a married family man i uh, got two kids and uh started noticing a couple of years ago that uh you know, food security kind of wasn't there. And we started thinking about uh, maybe raising kids and chickens. <laughs> and so we strung up on a few chickens. And then we kind of realized, like, maybe we would like a little bit more than just a few eggs. You know, we got a few more layers and started selling a few eggs to our friends. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we just de- we decided also to get into into meat birds. We started following Joel Salatin and Justin Rhodes videos and seeing, I think I can do that. And sure enough, lo and behold, we could do that. You know, and we uh, we raised our our first set of meat birds off of some, I think they were Cobb five hundreds or something like that, that we got it like at was just some random Cornish cross, huge mortality rate. Like it wasn't right. it wasn't a great experience, but we got some good carcasses and good some good meat in the freezer.
0: Do we have them or how'd you how'd you do that? Yeah, no, we
1: passed them. We passed them.
0: So, did you guys speed restrict at all? Oh, yeah. second. Did you still have your mark? Oh, you're good. <laughs> Stop making them cry.
1: Share the toys. I'm on the phone. <laughs> the you think everybody on kid. this radio show wants to hear all that. Both of you go play
0: in the room. And there it is. Real life. Go, go play in the room. Yeah.
1: See, <laughs> that's. Kids are harder to raise than the tickets. I'm going to be honest. As
0: I tell you, I'm sure. <laughs> I knew what happens here. I told you. Oh yeah, that's that's well, fine. Man. No problem. Uh, the well, scheduling I mean, works so out for us though, because my oh, yeah.
1: wife works opposite shift, so like one of us is always here in the morning, and then we swap mm-hmm. out around three o'clock, you know, and then so one of us is always here to to, to water the, the birds. And it's like Uh she feeds before she goes to work, I water as soon as I wake up, and then I'm running the gun with the boys until I swap. meet her at the time clock. We swap the boys out, and uh, and we're able to keep – got a flock of about 50 birds right now.
0: It's hard to actually keep animals when you don't have somebody else to be there at the house. You know, you've got to balance back and forth. So that's – it's cool that it works out for you all that you can manage to make it happen, you know. And I I tell you what, raising kids and raising animals, that's – yeah, you're doing double duty there. (laughs) Okay, uh, so it that first flock, you, you said you had a huge mortality rate. Were you guys doing feed restriction yeah. on that, or were you just? Um, no, them we didn't know about we didn't know about the feed
1: restriction. Now. We we didn't, you didn't know anything. Yeah, well, yeah, we just we. I mean, I knew to put them on grass, so mm-hmm. that they could get some benefit from the grass, and it would, and it also decreases your feed bill by about fifteen percent or so. Uh, right. So that we kind of knew about that. We gave it a whirl, built a little uh, little what do you call it a, a hoop coop, a little hoop house. Mm-hmm. And it worked out pretty good for it. And then after that batch, though, we went a little bigger and uh, tried some Ross 308s out of – the. that was just our second batch. But my second Mm -hmm. batch of birds is is what we're eating off of in the freezer right now, and I'll do another batch. I'm going to go the same way, Ross 308s. As soon as the summertime kicks down and it gets Mm -hmm. – I'm not going to do it in August because that that heat will give you mortality also. So, like, right about the end of August, I'll pick up chicks. I'll raise out another 50 or so. For eight mm-hmm. weeks probably gonna do a processing video on that one because a lot of people have been asking you know how do you what do you do when you when you when you what do you do after this and after that and after you, you, know, you process so i'm going to show them the ice bath and how to do the cut-ups mm-hmm. and and, just, and you know how to bag and tag for date sure. everything put it in your freezer the right way to, the right way to bag it
0: absolutely Cause like, are you going to do that you're going to do that on TikTok or let's say, uh, like, I'm, I'm, we were looking around for
1: I'm looking around for Twitter, maybe looking at Twitch, possibly or other streaming right. stream platforms where I can do maybe a longer video, but I'll mm-hmm. I will condense it into three-minute clips, and then right, maybe right, go right. part one, two, three, and go on down like that on TikTok, because so, well, TikTok has been probably pulled
0: if, if if you're doing too much. I've had a lot of videos that even if it's not you're not showing a slaughter necessarily, uh, but certain things they yeah even a knife a picture of a knife. In a video, it's amazing. I've got the one with the sword up on TikTok still. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's crazy, you know. Uh, well, I'm thinking about maybe at some point I can I could always host a few videos of uh, stuff like that on my website. You could point people that way if you have to, too. If there's if it gets taken <laughs> down, it's good to get it as many places as you can. Um, so anyway, though, my understanding is that you guys are pretty much defying what everybody says you can do, and you're breeding Cornish cross in your um, yeah, we're
1: actually yeah, we are breeding Cornish cross. Um, I was about to take you in here and th- just show you kind of stuff. that, uh, okay. I mean, this stuff isn't really necessary to have, mm-hmm. but like one of these, these pilcons, these are actually re- a really
0: main a way, way to go about it.
1: Yeah. It's small though for the meat birds. I need a bigger one, but uh, now we've also we also got this guy here. That is he? just nice. a young oh, yeah. from uh, from Tractor Supply, but. Mm-hmm. You can do in 30 seconds or 15 seconds, really. What We used to take you half an hour. So if that yeah, was yeah, definitely I, worth it. a plucker,
0: which is part of why I don't really raise a lot of my own for meat because I just don't want to mess with it. And I, I can't justify buying a plucker for the small volume of meat birds I do. but you see that guy right there? Yep. You see, him? see that big yeah, one? See it. Yeah, it's like These double the size the of the rest. Of the same day. Day. These guys are all born on the same day. Uh-huh. That's a chunky little fella.
1: Chunky. That's how. They, and that guy is only half Ross 308. That's how people are telling me on there, like, oh, you can't do that. The Ross 308 won't breed true. I'm, saying, well, I'm getting pretty big birds, and they're only half bred. So you can't tell me that I'm not going to get, you know, so the same thing that they are. Hen.
0: You're keeping cornish cross hens, and you're breeding them to a, a large breed rooster? Is that Yeah. What, what you got going on? Okay. Yeah. Well, and then you're getting a hybrid vigor, too, which helps but you probably only get okay. that i bet in what the first generation you're not going to get that you're not going to get that you can't really breed cornish cross back to cornish cross and get a real cornish cross but i know a lot of folks have been doing uh breeding two large breeds together and that that f1 generation is going to be meaty
1: oh yeah oh, i'll try to get to my settings sorry you're yeah, i'm go. trying to you're flip good. the camera around real quick ah uh, yeah I was, I was messing with this while I was backstage, but here we go.
0: Oh, there you go. There Look you go. Face. See
1: them? Oh, yeah. They're all lounging in the shade around the waterer right yeah. now. It's a little hot up here right now, but there's, so there's the let, rooster let right in there. the middle. Oh, yeah. And those three corners Cross hens just hang out right around them, and then behind that little silver waterer, there's their, their first daughter. Well, she was actually from another corners Cross hen that uh, mm-hmm. got killed by one of our ducks, so she's the last one ah. that we'll get from that hen. But now we're still hatching off the other three. And there's a, I can't really, I don't know if I can zoom in or not, but there's a little turkey back there kicking it up against the feeder. We got a couple of baby turkeys, lost a couple to a raccoon. Uh, yeah, raccoons so
0: are bad. Yeah. Well, so you guys uh, have that all going on. Have you uh, done any second generations from some of your own breedings? Or has everything kind of been so far that you've, you've hatched? This is, first, this is our
1: first. This is our first. First, cross directly from Cornish cross. We were, mm-hmm. we were, we would have done pure Cornish cross. We'd actually tried that first, but the roosters were so large that when they mounted the hens to do it the mm-hmm. natural way, they were they're ripping just, them, and ripping skin off bodies, them. Right. Yeah, we had to put a couple of them down because they were suffering. So I was like, okay, we can't do it like this anymore. So and then we discovered and
0: that sounds like a, not something I want to mess with.
1: We found out about artificial insemination, and we had an aha moment. It's like, okay, that's how they're doing it at the breeder farms because right. the roster 08 is, despite what they're saying on online, because they're all brainwashed by this corporate propaganda that you can't feed yourself. Uh huh. So like everybody's like gatekeeping on us. Everybody's gatekeeping on my content. Like, like is Tyson paying you? I mean, I,
0: <laughs> I saw that. went on your videos when you're showing these meat birds that you hatch, and they're like, those aren't your birds. You didn't hatch us, You can't do that. Like you're watching me do it on a video, man.
1: Well, I can show you every <laughs> stage of life that they're in. Like I can show you the eggs, the chicks on in, in the incubator, out of the incubator.
0: Well, the other all thing that the gets way to me is, is, why would you lie? What, uh, what <laughs> would you stand to benefit from going on TikTok and saying, "Hey, look, I'm breeding Cornish cross." When you're just buying them from a feed store, there's no point in doing that. So,
1: and, no, there's, if, no, if, no, if, money,
0: there's no money. There's no money. There's nothing magical and special about those chickens. They're still just chickens. They're a selective, special breed. But people have been raising chickens for meat long before we had hatcheries to buy from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. The Cornish Cross is probably top of the line for absolute production. But there's no reason you can't replicate that at home. They just don't. But they don't I'll want still, to. They uh, have uh, a vested I'll interest in doing. making sure you're dependent on them. I'll still go back and grab more of oh, right. the Rob 308
1: and the the Campbell Texas Hatchery, the uh, Windy Meadows right. Hatchery. They, I'll still go back and get more from them because they've actually got a Windy Meadows farm too, and they actually they mm-hmm. grow their own chickens out for market. They've got a US, yeah. a small USDA processing facility on site. Uh, I think they want like three bucks a bird though. It's just cheaper for me in the long run to just do it myself because right, right. myself oh, yeah, for or some sure. friends or whatever. I can only make like five bucks on a bird if I grow yeah, a corn and exactly. out i only make like five bucks on a bird. I just do it to fill my freezer really. You know, if somebody wants to get one, i am like, well, here you go. I get, I'll make five bucks on it. So there's no way that I'm going to go pay three bucks to have somebody else, you know, cut my no. bird up.
0: Oh, and on the flip side of that, I've had folks ask me if I would do mobile poultry processing. And I was like, no matter how I crunch the numbers on it, I can't make money doing it. You know, I'd have to do so many birds and be miserable the entire time doing it and show up. Yes. And I'd have to charge you such a high price that it wouldn't be worth it for you. So what I can do is exactly what I'm doing here try to run a podcast, run some education and help teach people how you can do the shit yourself. You know?
1: And it's, it's not hard. But that's when We no. figured out that it is not hard. It is no more, uh, no more graphic really, or, or complicated than gutting a fish. If you've no, got feathers no. instead of scales where you used to have to deal with scales. Now you got to deal with feathers. It's, you got you swapping one problem for another but you're getting more meat out of it than you would off of a typical trout i mean you're
0: gonna get messy you're gonna get blood on you there's gonna be feathers everywhere but it's no different than if you go hunting if you go fishing and you got to clean that kill afterwards you know
1: yeah you still have to process that kill and the the thing is with the food security crisis you know looming as it is and getting worse all the time you know as it comes down the pike you know like more people need this content like a lot of people are thinking like i would like to raise my own meat like so we might be a couple years ahead of them on on this process because so, we started following like Ice Age Farmer uh, like a couple years ago. He was talking about like all the different market uh, market aspects of like say soy. Like hey, we had a bad soy crop. That's gonna hit us. And like, and yeah. sure enough, yeah. And he's always right. And he's always about six months ahead of main, the mainstream news. The news isn't gonna tell you something's wrong until they find. Whichever way the only, they're going to spin the only time
0: it. They're going to tell you something is wrong. is when they actually have a plan to manipulate that fear and use it, you know. They want us When spray. it becomes they useful. Yes. It, but when yeah, it becomes want, a useful
1: want crisis, into, Am I right? <laughs> want To scare you
0: into the mindset that they want you to, that if they ever say anything on the news that causes a panic and causes people to go out and do something like prep related, it's because they stand to benefit financially off of it.
1: 4%. Right. They've already they've already bought stock in, in the bottled water companies before they tell you yeah, that, exactly. hey, that's a drought. You might want yep, to get some exactly. bottled water.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Set yourself up to, to profit financially, then create the panic that creates the demand. And and yeah, I mean, we're dealing with the same thing with oil right now. We could go on and on about that kind of crap. All right. <laughs> and then you know,
1: all these. This is just a little tentacle, really, of of the oligarchy problem. Like, we have an oligarchy problem here in America. Whether it's right, whether it's left, it doesn't matter because the oligarchs are funding both sides of the aisle to get whatever they want from yep. whoever ends up in power. But how power... I mean, yeah. I might make some people mad right now, but I didn't see it's Trump so as being in power while he was in power because he seemed wow. pretty freaking powerless. There's, so who's really running president, this country? Really, a president If a sitting president... Yeah can't can't you know save america then then who can't
0: follow the money that's that's how yeah, you know follow, who's a the money. follow the money absolutely and, and if the money leads back
1: to, back to if the money, the money leads back to a handful of individuals that own 95 percent of your food supply let me tell you what monopolies are a bad thing it might be and a good time true. to and this is why we set up on chicken because this is something that everyone can do not everybody has you know 50 acres or you know to put cows on like I would do it if I had five, two. If I get eight, if I had two acres. But not everybody has those acres, especially when people are mostly living in living in urban areas now. But you can run chickens on your lawn. That was the first video that I had to take off. I had 50 followers. I'm a nobody, but I posted my lawn tractor, the smaller model that I had made to replace the hoop coop. So my my wife could pull it, my kids can pull it, it's lightweight, it's easy. And uh, and it was just all out of scrap material, cost me next to nothing to build and that video was the one that took off it's up to like 60,000 i had 50 right. followers i'm pushing close to 3000 like i'm picking up like a couple hundred followers a day i'm on the up climb because nice. these videos this, this content is circulating it and that shows me the hunger that people have
0: yeah exactly people want to learn people need this kind of stuff right now people and is where you can time.
1: come in at a for a lower For a lower initial investment, you can get into poultry to put some meat in your freezer than you can with 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 cows. With cows, you got to have a little bit more money down and more space to put them. With poultry, everybody can get in for anything.
0: expensive to feed and everything like that too. It's a big investment. It's a big animal. You know, it's worth it. But if you've got to have the right setup, like you said, what ninety percent of people live in a city. You know, so if you if you've got any kind of backyard, you can raise chickens now. Depending on where you live, your city, your HOA, that's a whole different ball of wax. But if you can do it, I mean, even if you can only raise eight birds, well, that's eight more birds that you can raise at a time to have put in your You raise freezer. them out
1: to eight weeks. Okay, eight birds over eight weeks. At eight weeks, they're going to process out at about six pounds if you get the Ross 308. So yeah. what's six times eight? 48. There's roughly 50 pounds for your freezer, 50 pounds yeah. of have
0: chicken you meat. Chicken no hormones. In- you bought chicken from the store recently have you looked at the prices have you looked at the availability uh, and it's going to get worse i've heard that
1: it's getting expensive i haven't been man. to the store myself to, oh, to look at poultry but i have heard that uh, apparently it's getting competitive to where i could actually grow some out and maybe um maybe yeah. the store can't compete with my price anymore maybe i'm the guy that's running i couldn't compete with dollar a pound tyson chicken when I started yeah. up doing pasture poultry, that kept me off store shelves, but now the store shelves are starting to outpace my prices on the homestead. But you yeah. know, like it, it doesn't even matter if, say if you're a, a city dwelling urbanite who has mm-hmm. no yard to speak of, you can do something like this. Okay. This
0: is this is yeah. a wicking pot. You could I mean, how uh, many potatoes nice you, you could grow in this? So for the folks hey, on I'm the gonna... audio side of this, he's he's showing his he's got his uh, his chicken set up outside I'm going to got a my bed. camera You're good. You're good. Go ahead. But no, this is awesome. He's showing. He's got a wicking bed set up out here, uh, right next to his chicken coops. I'm just. I'm narrating a little bit for the audio side because I'm going to put the audio version of this up too. That's awesome. You already know how these work, right? I'm sure you already do. Yep. Tell him how this works. We should do an episode on them. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. So and there's a guy here, Kingston Greenhouses over here. This guy Leon, gardening with Leon. He's actually got a a sizable Mm -hmm. uh, YouTube following, and he donates the money from that to the schools around here. But uh, this is a 20-gallon bucket. And he sells these for 35 bucks already done. But he's got videos on his channel how to do these. Basically, it's just a plastic jug in the bottom of this that's got some holes in it and it sits Mm -hmm. about you know three inches above the bottom or so. And uh, it's got a pipe coming out. You put a Mm -hmm. tablespoon full of uh, uh, like 10 4 10 4 3 okay, um, fertilizer down there in in every gallon of water that you put down this. And this Mm -hmm. goes down to the bottom and it sits there, so you can actually plant whatever you want you can do the three sisters method with the corn the squash and the beans right. with the beans from the corn and the squash get the low bed and you could do it's all three that, of that
0: it's got that reservoir of water so when you actually deal with drought
1: you know that yes you
0: can walk that away from this for two out. weeks
1: um, yeah you can walk away from this I'm, for two weeks and it'll still be reaching its own water its own you know basically hydroponic type of water in the bottom yep. i don't know if it's yep. properly hydroponic or not but it's kind of a blend of, the, of those two systems, you know, of soil and mm-hmm. and hydroponics.
0: Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing something similar with, I've got a 55-gallon barrel uh, set up with, this. it's next to a small pond, and it just, it cycles uh, water. It doesn't overflow every day or whatnot. It refreshes that, uh, the bottom of that that bed, but it's also getting all, I've got fish in that water too, so it's getting that, that it's kind of like a hybrid aquaponic sort of wicking bed type thing, but it's the same basic concept. We have little chicks. Oh yeah, so are those uh, some of your crosses, or is that is that some of the game birds?
1: These are my game birds. These are the nice. game birds that we're hacking out. We're doing some some cross game birds because uh, we just love them. They're just they're so gorgeous.
0: They're fun chickens too. Yeah. Here's, my blue, Here's my blue
1: face. Nice. is my blue face cock, Vladimir. Oh yeah, he's pretty. Isn't he just gorgeous.
0: Oh yeah. Looks like he's right these, off. The front these of are my Yeah. <laughs> Oh and yeah, she's,
1: uh, she's half angel, half sweater, so uh, she's kind of wild. We call her Crazy Betty. He's uh, a high station fox, she... and then this guy, this is uh, Scarface right here. He's kind of a rescue.
0: <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and if, <laughs> you can't see the other side of his face from here, but he's got a pretty massive scar on um, the ah. other side of his face. Because yeah, they're they're kind of a wild bunch.
0: Yep, yep. You got to keep them roosters <laughs> birds. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, we lost you. All right. Well, he dropped out right there. Hopefully, he'll join us right back in just a minute there. I bet you he lost signal while he's out there wandering around in his yard. So he's got some cool stuff going on, and we'll hopefully be able to cover a little bit more of that. And uh, I'm curious about the temperament between his uh, game birds and, uh, you know, what he's got going on there. So, uh, anyways, folks, uh, go ahead and you can follow uh, Johnny there over. It's just at rebel poultry on TikTok, and i think he's trying to expand and get on some other platforms and stuff like that he's talking about getting on twitch and and, you know maybe youtube and stuff like that too so i'll be sure to update anything that i find out about that uh get him uh get him some followers hopefully and send some people his way but yeah so i mean what he's raising for meat birds are your basic garden variety cornish cross he's just uh from my discussions before with him uh doing a little bit of feed restrictions so that they don't grow so fast that they end up falling over and breaking their legs uh so they're out there on pasture he's running them in uh in tractors and you know he's got some of these hens get old enough to lay well he's not been able to breed the cornish cross to the cornish cross which is probably a good thing my understanding is you probably won't get the optimal meat birds out of that because they're no longer uh, now that's an f2 hybrid and you lose your some of your hybrid vigor. So they still probably be pretty good sized birds, but nowhere near as efficient. But when you add another large breed rooster to that equation and you're breeding that to those corners cross that already have those genetics for uh, that, that large fast growth. Oh, I think he is about there. Ah. And we're back. There we ah. go. Hey, no problem, man. It happens. I think I
1: lost service out there by the game birds.
0: <laughs> That's kind of what I figured you are wandering around. So, yep, it happens to me all the time, man. I can't tell you how many times, as the podcast host, I've dropped out, and people are just like, "Oh, I guess we'll talk about things." <laughs> well, yeah, I was kind definitely. of people in on on uh, your, your TikTok, and then some of your breeding and everything like that. Well, how would you say, okay, like, what's the difference between raising these meat birds and your game birds? I know your game birds are way more full of attitude, way more lively, running around. Are are those meat crosses, even when you're uh, feed restricting or whatnot? Are they just lazy laying around, or are they they just chickens?
1: I mean, well, you saw how the meat birds are all kind of ah! the meat birds are all kind of just laying around the waterer in the heat. Well, yep. they're they're like that when it's not hot too. They want uh, they won't travel. You can give them all the space in the world to go out and forage. Like it, yep. that's what I didn't get to show you is we have a Premier One fence that goes on yep. the outside of that hole where we saw all that dirt. That's the regular like winter coop. Okay. They will leave that area to go out the open gate to all the mm-hmm. grass, but like a time or two a day. And uh, like once or twice a day, they'll go out there, and run around, grab some bugs, but then they'll sit in the shade. They'll, they'll, the meat birds will go out there and sit in the shade. The layers will go out there and forage ravenously. Yeah. yeah. So they, they'll love to get the bugs. The meat birds, they're not going to chase bugs around. They're going to sit there and wait for the bugs to come to them.
0: Which That's is why the, they the difference so in temper- fast. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes. Keeps, them, keeps them growing quick and uh, keeps them tender, too. That's what, uh, A lot of folks uh, that I've talked to say, oh, no, the only reason those meat birds grow so fast is because you keep them in a small confined area and they can't move around. I was like, I don't think so. I think they just don't want to move around.
1: They don't want to move around. You, you, yeah. you can free range them, but they're not going to go very far from the coop. Right. Or like, Which, oh, you know, oh, oh. If
0: you're raising, something, if you're raising in your backyard, though, you don't want a bird that wants to roam far and wide.
1: Well, the thing is, like, people, there's a lot of virtue signalers out there that are like, well, I free-range mine, so I'm a good person, and you're just a shit bag," you know? Like, how dare you keep them in cages? Well, then, I, I was like, okay, every time I see this, I'm like, do I need to show you pictures of what a coyote does to a chicken? I mean, do I need That's to show you what a raccoon does to a chicken? Like, exactly. everybody doesn't have the same predator pressures. right? You know, like, you might be that urbanite yeah. who, who's right. growing potatoes in five-gallon buckets on your balcony, and you're not worried about, you know, Right, Uh, predator pressure, but out here in the country, if
0: if you're raising in town too, you may not want to totally free range your chickens, have them hopping fences, pissing your neighbors off. You may not even want your neighbors to necessarily
1: know these guys don't hop. These guys don't hop. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: one thing I love about ducks, as far as as meat birds or whatnot. I love large breed ducks because you don't ever have them getting over a fence. You know, no. Um, But I mean, I, I free range mine. In, it's about an acre or fenced around the house or whatnot during the day, but they all go back in in predator proof pens at night. Cause we, we learned real quick. You won't have any more chickens. If you leave them outside, you can't just trust they're going to go all, they go in head count, anybody missing, you know, anybody stuck sitting on, on eggs somewhere trying to stash up, you know, you get them all put away at night. And I don't blame anybody for raising them totally in a pen at all. It's just, it's a little bit more maintenance and it's a little bit more, Uh, cleaning of those of those coops if they're in there all the time but sometimes that's what you got to do when i lived in town i raised quail on my back porch even though we weren't supposed to have any in town but good luck knowing i have quail unless you know you know the only people who knew were my direct neighbors and i bribed them with eggs so
1: there you go (laughs)
0: We've,
1: we've handed eggs out to all of our neighbors just to cover to cover the sound of our roosters growing Hey, you want some eggs? Boom! Here's you a whole flat of eggs. Nobody cost you. Nobody are overpriced right now, but here you go. Here's their free flat. Exactly. But yeah, the exactly. others. There's a lot of homestead shaming and a lot of gatekeeping. You've been seeing me get some gatekeepers in there. When it came to the meat birds, all the gatekeepers came out to say you can't. But but even when you're doing, you know, like just regular type of homesteading, you have people come out and if you're not doing it their way, then all they're right. they're cast blame and shame and you know it may i don't Gosh. know if it makes them feel good or whatever but like i'm not here to shit on anybody like if you if i could free range all my birds i would if right, i could right. let loose just a wild flock of gamefowl to live free in the trees out back i would and i still might <laughs>
0: <laughs> right right so with your but the thing birds, is you, of, you,
1: everybody everybody kind of has to be trusted to know where they're at in life and where their where their land is at what what their what their pressures are what their resources are and and every different homesteader is going to make the choice that's right for them everybody else needs to just let them do it because it's still I think better it's, than more, I think. it's
0: more important i think that people are doing something than worrying about how you're doing it or how somebody else is doing right. it. stop complaining and go out and nobody do should be something.
1: worried about what the next guy is doing everybody should be worried about are my potatoes growing in my 5 gallon bucket Well, I have potatoes when there's no potatoes at the store to put with my chicken when there's no chicken left at the store. You know, do I have friends that are raising beef that I can trade chicken for beef and make sure that I maintain my family's well-balanced diet through barter trade with other homesteaders? Maybe I should be networking and being nice to other homesteaders so that we can establish, you know, a a copacetic trade.
0: Learn from each other, be able to trade back and forth, things that... I can produce one thing that you can't produce and you can produce something right. that I can't or don't want to. Uh, but the, but now, the
1: internet so far has not been a space that has uh, that has supported uh, <laughs> oh good manners. And a lot of people are a little oh, no. rude online where they probably wouldn't be if they were in person.
0: Well, yeah, you can get away with a lot. Of, there's a level of anonymity there that <laughs> makes people kind of cocky. They feel like they can say things that they would never say to your face.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, just, just even the little snide remarks about... Wow. Yeah, you're not doing it right. That never work. And just those shitty comments that people wouldn't make if they were in the yard looking at the birds. You know, in like have you you've seen my birds already, how big they are in relation to normal size birds, and these are just half frost three oh eight. If we would have artificially inseminated because we found out that was the thing that you had to do. Right. If artific- I'm not trying to milk a rooster. <laughs> I mean it it may come that. to that. I'm not into that. It may come to that someday, but
0: right, right. I'd I rather maybe get it. my wife to do it. <laughs> I think what you're doing is probably, honestly, a little bit better than trying to breed cornish cross, cornish cross, because then you're taking you're taking already a hybrid and breeding it back to the same hybrids. So you start to lose that initial hybrid vigor. I think in that F2, I'm not sure. I've, I've never tried it. But my Ooh. understanding is you would probably see a decrease overall in performance. But breeding it back to another large breed, you're keeping that hybrid vigor, so you probably are getting faster growing birds than you would be if you were ra- doing straight Cornish cross to Cornish cross.
1: Well, we we actually did it to slow it down though, because like, we um, here, here's the thing, it wasn't really convenient when you work full time and you have a homestead and you're like, you're raising your meat birds or whatever like you come up on processing weekend because you have to schedule it for your weekends because you're off work. So this is when I'm going to process these 50 ass birds. Uh-huh, so, I mean, it is a chore. It is a whole fucking day. <laughs> for my language. It's a whole freaking day process. You're going to be out there drinking beer with your buddies, getting her done all yep. day then.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We're about so, to make well, a mess all day long. <laughs> so kind
1: of what, uh, what, what I started doing just to keep it easy was, was at week seven, I'll pull the biggest roosters and process those. And out of 50, I have to do like 10 or 15 just to, just to get a few out of the way. So that way on the big processing day, then there's a few out of the way. But, right. but here's the thing you got. So that's two weekends now. Two weekends. If you want to get ahead of weekend at week eight, then you start with the big ones at week seven. Now that's two weekends that you've eaten up. Right. And if you don't get everything done on the second weekend, now you're going to go week nine. But here's the thing, past past week nine, if you've fed them the most you can feed them and got your max feed conversion out of them to get the most meat possible from your corporate meat bird that you bought for and a month. The
0: shortest amount of time, yep.
1: Yeah, if you've done it that way. They're going to start dying if you miss the window. They're
0: going to start breaking legs, so, having heart attacks, you know, just basically yeah, dying so, of, of chronic obesity at that point.
1: And stupidity. I've had them die of stupidity. Like I had one put her neck and I liked her. She was my friend. I I called her crooked foot because she was born with a little crooked foot. But she had, there was a space between the bottom of the chicken tractor and the dirt. And she saw a bug and she put her head in that gap. It couldn't fit. And she never, she never figured out to back up. She could have just backed up, but she kept going for that bug. Or try, and then she saw freedom and I guess tried to get out or something, but she like strangled to death because she never backed up.
0: Yep. She they, couldn't they see. They find them. interesting ways to die. I've seen some like, crazy shit. Uh, not too long it ago. It was like
1: I, watching Final Destination. Have you ever seen that movie, Final Destination? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh,
0: That's I, what meat birds are like on week 10. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So, not not even just meat birds, but even especially the large. Breed. Okay. So, outside at our at our place, we got got. Uh, I had an old chair sitting out there and there was a jacket that like a hoodie that got thrown on the chair sitting outside. I'm like, ah, I need to come in and get, get done for laundry or whatnot. I didn't think anything of it. Well, some of these hens decided to go up and start laying eggs on the chair. Like, okay. Whatever. And it was weird. All of a sudden, one of the hens was missing. One of the large Brahma hens just missing. Couldn't find it for a couple days. Walking to the front of this, this outbuilding where this chair sitting, uh, I keep smelling something like why do I smell something dead There's probably something under the building what the heck No somehow this chicken Got itself in the sleeve of this Jacket which fell off The chair and you look down And there was the head of a chicken just laying dead Upside down hanging inside The just slid down the sleeve And died got stuck in there and nobody Knew for like two days didn't know where the heck this chicken Went just got in the sleeve of A jacket hanging off a chair and died Like how do you even Final destination Yeah yeah they find creative ways.
1: That that was kind of why we wanted uh, just the mortality rate was why we wanted to cross them so that that way we would be able to leave them alive longer at our leisure because where is a chicken going to stay the freshest? In the pot, alive. in the can, alive. in the well, oh, alive? Yeah, you're storage right.
0: Storage gets you there too. You don't have to refrigerate a live chicken.
1: You no, you don't have car, to refrigerate a live chicken. He yeah, gets it!
0: I, exactly. now, people always ask, "How do you store your meat?" Well, I prefer on the hoof. Or on, on yes. the foot, or whatever, on the feather. You know, you don't have, if you have an animal that you don't have to process them all now, or they will die if you don't process them. Exactly. That's actually sustainable.
1: That's what we wanted. That's why we did the cross. And then, but meanwhile, everybody's like, oh, you couldn't do it with a, you know, I could do it with a pure, land. like I chose not to because I don't want to milk a rooster. And, right. and I want a more sustainable homestead bird that I can keep alive at my leisure and harvest when I want. And so maybe what, it'll lay some eggs. If I don't harvest it right away, it'll actually, like, lay me some right. eggs. And, you know, right.
0: So uh, what, like, what, what breed of rooster are you using now as, as your, like, stud rooster for this cross?
1: He was supposed to be a Brahma. When we got him, he was a okay. chick. And he was supposed to be a Brahma. And then he started popping, like, a barred rock pattern. And then we talked to the lady we got him from, and she's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if if maybe the <laughs> barred rock the rooster might have got him. Does he have feathered feet? No, thing. He doesn't have the feathered feet. Yeah, has got he's a, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that though. Like I wanted to, like, I was, I was wanting to cross. There are such things as fe, like non-feathered feet brahmas. Some of those have been bred, and because I finally yeah. wanted to set out and and do that, and then I found out it had already been. The ship had done sailed, but but because and we and from the same lady we got a bunch of barred rocks. They were supposed mm. to be barred rocks and had feathers on their feet, and then we had this. Brahma uh, had some barred rock pattern that didn't have feathers on his feet, but that was a boon for him because that was why we kept him. Right. So he well, is barred rock and Brahma. We don't know how much of which.
0: He's probably yeah. He's probably got a combination of the two. Yeah. The uh, what I'm doing right now mostly, and I, I raise them for, for layers, but they get big enough to be decent meat birds too. Uh, I they just don't grow super fast, which I'm okay with because I'm not grow, trying to grow fast meat, but. My favorite mix so far right now have been Brahmas mixed with the Turkins or Naked Necks. And I finally, I finally got one of those that I've got the pure. He's got the two copies of the gene. So he's full, pure, naked neck. Doesn't have the little bow tie. And uh, I tell you what, they grow a little bit quicker. They're weird looking birds, but they're so cool. And, uh, they don't get sick like the regular. Around here, the fowl pox are really bad in the spring. Um, every breed that I got when we first started doing this, uh, half your chickens that end up dying. They get sick and die. And I got tired of, of that mess. I started buying only local chickens, breeding my own stuff, breeding only ones that stayed alive. And now, I mean, we've got like 90% survival rate. And these things yeah. are just, these things are dynamite. So I like seeing people doing that. You're making me want to try to get some Cornish cross and breed them, but I don't need more chickens. <laughs> well,
1: uh, we're, I've offered, uh, some people got at me over, um, over, mes- over the messaging app, or the messaging mm-hmm. side of the talk app, is like, "Hey, do you have hatching eggs?" And I was like, "I'll give you some hatching eggs." Right. You know, anybody who wants some hatching eggs, I'll, I'll just give you some, and we'll keep, I'll keep track of who's got and them yeah. next year. I tell you, breed what I give you; they're going to be half siblings the first time mm-hmm. around. But then, keep a rooster back next year. I'll trade you a rooster right. for a rooster, and then we'll be double mated.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Then we'll be well, double mated, I
1: mean, and we'll lock in the genes.
0: So you're uh, right. You're right about on the border of uh, Oklahoma and Texas right you're right yeah we're on we're on lake
1: tech we're over here on beautiful lake (laughs) tech
0: right so you're not too i mean you're you're a ways out from me but you're not too terribly far if i ever make it up that way maybe i'll try to do uh if you want maybe i'll bring you a rooster or bring you some eggs of mine and you know you can add some of that to your genetics if you want to play with them you know yeah absolutely so well uh while i'm thinking about it then uh i know you're on tiktok and everything like that if folks want to follow you or they want to get in contact with you if they're in your area they want to learn some stuff how else would people get a hold of you? Is there uh you on any other social media platforms? Uh, Facebook,
1: we know? have a page up. We have a page up on Facebook okay. called uh, pastured poultry of Texoma. Okay. Okay. We haven't used it all year, but, but it's there and we do get the messages right. from it.
0: Right. Well, yeah, so we you you we're
1: on the TikTok platform. Like... Right. The TikTok is just more dynamic as far as being able to show direct, you know, video. Like I don't oh, want to sit weird. and type. I don't want to type weird. a post on Facebook because right. that feels outdated. It's just, but you can reach us there, still.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, and if you want, you can send me the link to that later on. I can put it in the show notes, and if people want to try to follow you there too. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, no, definitely. Everybody craps on TikTok, uh, but it's where a lot of the followers are. It's, you know, it's it's not all dancing girls. It's there's actually a lot of cool content out th- out there right now. And I've been seeing a ton of people talking about uh, exactly this kind of thing. Um, a lot of people who. Have come from other platforms. Are starting to get into the TikTok thing now. I, a bunch of other creators I work with have been jumping in there too. I've been trying to focus on it a little bit more, uh, but it's just it's one more thing. Uh, but one thing I've been seeing a ton of on there is this, and I know you were talking to me about this a little bit uh, the other day. Uh, how all these food shortages and people showing how a lot of this is being manufactured. You know, people are being paid to kill off the crops, paid to kill off their animals. Uh, We're having uh, plants being burned down at a rate we've never even seen, and we're just acting like, "Oh, it's just accidentally all the food production is being burnt down." No, it
1: is no accident. It's not an accident. accident. For farmers who, well, some of these multi-generational family farms who have been taking the subsidies for generations to make their tractor payments. You know, you see this farm bill every year in in the Senate, and they're like, "We got to help the farmers." Well, those are the farmers that they're talking about—the ones that take the subsidies. The ones that take right. the subsidies now that you've got this thing hanging over your head, or you can't make your tractor payment if you don't have that subsidy. So the government has yeah. come along and given them a letter, which they're showing people. They're on their TikTok showing the letter, and yeah. it's called a destruction notice. Yeah. And 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 the government is telling them, or basically, hey, you will destroy. You will accept 150 percent of the cash value of your crop to destroy mm-hmm. your crop, or you won't have a subsidy to make your tractor payment next year.
0: And they're basically being told that either you can go ahead and destroy it. We will come in and agent orange
1: it. Yeah. Pretty much like you will destroy your crops or we will destroy your business. They, they have them by the balls. Once you take the money, once your business model is, is dependent on that, on that corn subsidy or whatever subsidy it is. Once you're, once you're making your giant international tractor payment with that subsidy, you have to have it to stay in business or you're done. It's too yeah, big a, a portion of your income. And so that's yeah. not sustainable. And that's, that, I mean, and the thing is I don't, I don't have a tractor payment. I don't have a giant tract of land, right. but a million, but if a million people all just kept a, a little nook and cranny garden a little nook and cranny farm on, on their little patch of grass out back. And you can, you could, you can, like I said, like, like the bucket I showed them, the Wiccan bucket, you can grow potatoes, corn, whatever you want in that bucket. It is mobile. You can move it around. You don't have to water it for a couple of weeks. You can do it in your balcony and your apartment complex in your major city. You can do it. You can grow some potatoes. You can grow chickens on your, on your suburban backyard lawn. And if you don't have any roosters, they're not going to crow. It doesn't even matter if the HOA don't like it because who's going to know, especially if all neighbors get free eggs while eggs are super high at the store. They appreciate that shit. Now is the time to rebel. Now's the time to start growing your own food because this whole 95% model where, where 95% of the food production comes from this handful of oligarchy-controlled uh-huh. corporate food processing facilities that are spontaneously setting themselves on fire. Randomly Not sustainable. Oh, Randomly. Yeah. 10,000 oh, yeah. cattle. Oops. I don't know what happened to 10,000 cattle in Kansas last week. Oh, you it must know, have been heat. It wasn't even hand. 100 degrees. It was under on. 100 no. degrees. But it's notice like- how they're
0: all standing in the same spot. Not in a pen. It didn't look like a feedlot. Nobody went out there and drugged them all out and line up, I don't think, from the video. Mm. It looked like they were all just standing there as a herd and dropped dead. If you've ever been around cattle, worked with cattle in any capacity, cows don't do that. There's not a reason that a whole herd no. just falls over dead. And if they no. were hot, they'd be fall- fell over dead next to an empty water they- trough.
1: Here's my whole deal with it, though. Like, OK, on any given instance where this has happened, they can say, oh, well, this was just this. or Oh, well, that was just that. But you right. can't tell me that the statistics don't tell you something else is going on when usually we lose yeah. maybe one or two a year. And now we're already pushing 20 or 30, 20 or 30 Gross. major food, pre- food manufacturing you know institutions have gone up in smoke right. just the, the first half of this year alone. Like, it, 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 it doesn't question, happen that often by accident.
0: No, no. It makes you question who stands to benefit from creating a food shortage, from creating a fuel sh- shortage, from creating all of this panic. Well, it ain't us. And that's the no. thing. We can sit back and be victims of this crap, or we can do something. And that this it's is what you like, can do.
1: It's almost like we're the ones under sanctions. Sanctions are a form of siege warfare. And so we're talking about, oh, we're going to put sanctions on the evil Russians for, for kicking the evil dickhead out of, you know, uh, Zelensky out of right. Ukraine. Yep. Like, I said, that's uh, not our business. Let's stay out of it. But just uh, let, them, exactly. let them handle it because the place needs, the place could we're use not, some new leadership anyway. Anyway,
0: exactly Better.
1: <laughs> the sanctions on Iran. We've, we've had sanctions on Iran for how long now? You know, they can fill their whole tank up for three bucks in Iran. Uh-huh. Yeah. So who are the sanctions really on? Yeah.
0: That's the crazy thing. I am paying 100 bucks to
1: fill oil. my tank. The Iranians this, are paying 3 bucks. We got just as much oil, oil as I I they got. got. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm
0: in Texas. <laughs> I can spit and hit an oil right here. Don't tell me that we don't have oil. Yeah. Now, well, why is it cheap in Iran? Yeah. And why is it so expensive here? Yeah. Where's our oil going? Yeah.
1: So the Iranian thing, leadership is just allowing the production to happen and letting their people just have it and be yeah. okay. And, you know, for right a bunch now, of terrorists, that's pretty noble of them, I guess.
0: Okay, right? <laughs> I, I am parked right now next to, in a, a a college parking lot. There's there's a historical museum and a park out here. There is a shitload of free-range ducks and chickens running around out at this park, okay? Now, I could go down to the local HEB, and chicken is ridiculously expensive if it's on the shelf. Why yes. is that? There's chicken right there. Why is it expensive? There's not a supply issue. There is a processing shortage, yes, and there's a whole lot of people who just don't understand or aren't willing to do this themselves. But this is what we can do, and people need to pay attention because the world is getting really, really weird. And if you're not in a position to help if you're not able to at least be somewhat involved in the production of your food, things could get really bad for you. We're dealing with Great Depression type bullshit, right? You people need to start.
1: i about seen them. you yesterday. We got to get that lady on the show. That, uh, what's oh, her yeah. name? Yeah, she uh, left yeah, a cute comment right on one of my videos about yeah. how uh, I should do a piece on how the uh, the Americana roosters or the Americana breed is mislabeled. I thought, well, mm-hmm. that'd be cute. I looked at her channel and I was like, holy crap! Like, yeah. she's got a way edgier, you know, channel than what I gave her credit yeah. for. It. Oh, I thought she was what, just some cute, you know, crazy chicken lady, but she's right. like following the cops to the dump who just I stole somebody's
0: chickens and like filming like and like SWAT team basically coming in like raiding her place yeah. warrant going through her house going through her phone while she's not home stuff like that taking her chickens killing them off and then throwing them yeah she's following the truck as they're going to the dump cuz they're worried yeah. about the environmental impact of her having chickens in her backyard and they filming the carcasses at the
1: dump from, being eaten yeah. by wild birds being yeah, eaten exactly. by wild birds at the dump. Why did they not incinerate this biological threat? About Why was this, it not yeah, incinerated?
0: And she's, she's following these this guy's the city truck. She's filming like blood and fluids from these chickens leaking out of the back yes. of the truck on the road. And you're you're claiming it's for environmental safety. That they're coming in, they left killing your dead
1: team. chickens on scene. When they tore that farm up, that homestead, yeah. they left dead chickens pinned under broken nest boxes that they kicked over. Right. They left carcasses there. You can't tell me this is about biosecurity.
0: Oh, there's a war on meat, and they do not want people to be yes self sufficient. They want you to be slaves to the rest of the system. And yes, you, you know must what?
1: report it's to Walmart safe. on time for your chicken, for your chicken supply. <laughs> You want Maybe meat? The, Present your card, sir. Report yeah, to Walmart start. in the time your slot papers. you're going to sign.
0: Show your papers.
1: papers please.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we do you tried, have your chicken papers? I <laughs> tried with the vaccine passport type stuff, and you know what? Finally, they realized that enough people weren't going to buy into that bullshit, so now what's the newest scare? Well, you can't oh, really... Open for birds. How, how do you control people? How do you control people? You control them through what? Money? Through food. food medicine fuel and guess what what's short we didn't have a few a food shortage but we created food shortages we created panic yeah. we created fear we created a reason to charge exorbitant prices for what we do produce
1: that's well, funny though how come inflation never touches wages why aren't my wages getting inflated oh, yeah. along with everything else what the fuck pardon right. me pardon the french yeah, why wow,
0: <laughs> not a, this, this is not a pg channel you're cool <laughs> but yeah no no that that's exactly great point i mean minimum wage has been what 725 for a long long time
1: yeah never yeah. seen infl- inflation there inflation never touches yeah. wages it's crazy
0: it's it's right, insane oh it's weird it's like oh so inflation just means our money's worth less right okay well that means that i should be getting more of it
1: well. mm-hmm. it
0: doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way unfortunately it's stupid uh, no, it's a zero zero-sum
1: dwindling game.
0: There are Transfer no of shortage of problems right now with the world. I mean, as as we, we can see by everything we've been talking about here. But the fun thing about it is there are solutions and the solutions are not going to come from the government. We can't no. sit around and wait, wait for these guys to fix this problem for us. So we've got to all take personal responsibility and do something ourselves.
1: You know? I, solution this week. I have an amazing opportunity. Okay, like, but first, let me say everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has something that they can do. And that sure. everybody doing something, that is the solution to the food shortage. And that is exactly why yep. stormtroopers are kicking indoors over in California to take chickens away. Because they do not yep. want the problem solved. Nope, they don't. They want the problem so, so there. The solution is you. The solution exactly. is you. You watching this podcast right now, you you, sir, are the resistance. Exactly. The peaceful so,
0: Someone I know
1: <laughs> yes. See, I'm a nobody, I'm a nobody, I don't have a bunch of resources. Okay, but I've got a friend who owns a restaurant, he pays awesome. a bunch of money to have all of his trash taken away every week. I could cut uh-huh. his trash in half if he has his employees separate off all of the food waste that would normally just go into his dumpster. So, right. for two dumpsters a week, he could go to one dumpster a week and save money by giving me. His food waste and then i could take that food waste and i got another friend who's got a bunch of like sandy loam type of acreage that he yeah. could really use some soil improvement on and he wouldn't mind doing a compost pile
0: awesome well that's
1: perfect so
0: you know what resource, people don't, don't know about chickens? chickens
1: what people don't hear here i am in the middle of this so awesome making compost. yeah yeah chickens they, can eat trash you don't no have to feed them and you don't have to turn your brand, call Non-GMO, have to non-soy, non-corn, you know, Chick starter. Like you don't have to feed them name brand organic feed. Like, you, no, you, you can don't have to. Yeah. trash like the, the Romans fed
0: them trash in return right. to eggs. And we think, we think of trash, trash. we think of something that we don't want around, but you don't realize that when it comes to restaurant waste, a lot of that is just straight up food. Yes. Just, it just goes to waste. it's just even as it away. rots,
1: even when you, you toss it out, you toss yeah. it into a pile for the chickens. And as, even as it rots, the stuff that the chickens won't eat or don't want, the bugs will compost. eat it. Yeah, the and bugs will are, eat the stuff the chickens don't want. And then, want and then the the you know bugs. what bugs? You know what eats bugs? Chickens. Yeah. So the whole yeah. thing is a win, and it breaks down into great soil for gardening that you can then yeah. just move to another site and then garden with. And this yeah. guy's pasture is going to be amazing by the time we're done. Our feed right. bill is zero. And it's just all about networking. Your Whatever resources that you don't think that is that it matters, you can put them together with resources that other people have that they don't think it matters or they don't think it's a huge opportunity. But you can find ways to get in the middle and then bring the people together who can make things happen. And, and we're going to funnel all of these eggs and broilers into two into two charities operating through two churches. The the two gentlemen involved, the one who has the land and the one who has the restaurant, they both mm-hmm. have a church. One does a hot meal for uh, for the homeless every week. The oh, other yeah. one does a food bank. Okay, so we're gonna cut up some broilers to put into the hot meal, and we're gonna send some eggs over to the food bank so people can put those eggs in their fridge so you're for free. All
0: of this, you're taking a waste product, yeah. you're taking a piece of land that is being wasted, its potential is being wasted, improving yeah. that by combining all of these things and your outputs are literally food that can go to the hungry. So there's absolutely no reason to not do this. Everybody involved stands to benefit. And if you did nothing, if you did nothing, things food gets wasted, things get thrown away, land sits and goes goes uh, to crap. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Maybe just think it's still off the couch. Oh, Poor fella. Oh. Okay, a right? anyway, was, I okay, and heathen. Anyway, I went and got a 275-gallon IBC tote yesterday to go on I to a, a really crappy old trailer that I got set, a little 16-foot trailer that I got sitting in the yard. I right. still haul stuff with it, but, like, you know, it ain't the greatest trailer. It's just going to be a disposable farm trailer now. It's going to be my watering unit. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hook it up with that uh, – I'm gonna put that tote on it, and then I'm gonna hook up a little uh, a little water pump, like maybe a Yamaha or something, uh-huh. and then that way I can draw water right up out of a pond. Cause chickens can drink filtered pond water just fine. I'll filter it because I'm not a monster, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it'll be a remote site, and uh, if they ever kick in my doors looking for my chickens, they won't be here. <laughs>
0: right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Man yeah that's that's a great opportunity and you know that's the thing people need to think outside of the box like myself any of my will be food waste none of it's wasted it goes to the pigs it goes to the birds yes you know it's a great way to what happened to all the green stuff recycle you know well all of that waste that stuff that goes away to the garbage that's a resource and you got to realize people in third world countries they don't throw things away. There is no such thing as food that goes into garbage. They find a way to either use that or feed their lives. Upcycle
1: it into something. Somebody's gonna eat it because they ain't got enough to go around already.
0: You know, a, a huge, huge thing that was back—I know—in the depression in some third-world countries they do this. They would have—they uh, would take a bucket, like a five-gallon bucket, and drill a bunch of holes in it, and they would pick up roadkill, throw it in there, hang it from a tree oh, yeah. with their chickens. You know, and the maggots fall yeah. from that. It smells terrible, but those maggots are sanitary, they're sanitized uh, they're they're clean, those birds eat them those and chickens, if, if you let those chickens do their own thing, they're going to chase out and eat bugs vegetarian eggs are the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, you know unless you keep that chicken in a bubble, trust me it's eating a bug in its life, they're little little velociraptors, they will go out and yes. bug, kill shit, uh, that's what they do, but and ducks you know, they, the they
1: actually thing. absorb feed better when it's fermented, they, they actually prefer fermented feed yeah, it's better yeah. for to, and they'll take, like, another, it's another 15% yeah. uptake. Gastro, gastro and, and I forget, I, I can't think of the big word right now, but their guts are able to process 15% more of the feed when it's been fermented, sitting underwater for three days. Yep. You cover your feed with water, three days later, boom, that one's ready to feed. So you could do, like, a mm-hmm. three-bucket system where every day you're filling a bucket and every day you're taking a bucket out of the right. system, but they prefer rotten stuff. So exactly. I mean,
0: well, if you've ever done compost without birds, if you just do compost the regular way, do you go out there with a fork and you turn it every couple of days? I mean, it's okay. It's work. It's not hard work. You should still do it. But when you run chickens over that waste, they do all of that for you. If you leave a chicken alone, what's it do? It scratches. It turns. Yeah, it digs around. Turn right up. It turns all of it for you. They do a perfect job at it. You don't we have to do have, but let them go eat that compost, you know?
1: We've got some magic happening over here.
0: Yeah. Oh. uh oh, Look at that. At is that one of the meat birds, or is
1: that uh, something? Yeah, I have to, I can't open this right now without losing oh, the humidity God. that's in it. Right. But really? um, that, it looks like it's either a game fowl or a meat bird. I can't read the. Yep. Can't read yep. the mark- label. I mark them like this guy the right Markham here. Color. See, he's pipped. See, that guy's pipped. That yep. S is for Sally. That's one oh, of my game fowl hands. So that S oh, is one of hers, and it's pipped, and I see it's moving.
0: Yep, I think it's one of the but games. This you one here just popped a out color, so who knows? But yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, I love game. watching them hat. What kind of incubators do you guys use? Do you guys have a preference on a certain type, or would you, what would you recommend to people?
1: Uh don't get the little giant. We started with the little giant. I guess they have a pretty high failure rate where yeah, the uh where the, the temperature regulator fails on those. But this mm-hmm. came from Atwoods. I don't even know what brand it is. It's whatever the Atwoods brand is. We use this yeah. one. This was our old egg turner. Now we just use uh, it as a hatching spot. We, right, actually, right. After we don't need to be turned anymore. We put them in here. You're locked down, one, the, basically. The humidity. But then we've got this bad boy right here.
0: Oh, I've seen those. I've looked at them. They're the, those double-layer ones. Uh, yeah, this is China, a of, Chinese one see on Amazon. And yeah, I've always wondered how, how they hold heat because they're just... Uh,
1: well, I, five, I left love the styrofoam cool. that it came in on the bottom. It's, I guess okay. this wasn't part of it, but this was what it was packed in. I thought, well, if I leave this on, then it'll insulate it some. Because I have right, the same right. problem. This is just basically Tupperware. It's That's a Tupperware like, yeah. incubator. Yep. But it stays at the right temperature Celsius for some reason. I don't know how to change that to... Uh, I don't know how to change that to Fahrenheit. But we're at 36% humidity. I'm going to have to drop some water in there this morning. Right. Uh, it was at like 50 yesterday, but it's got these neat little ports right here. It's got three three water chambers along along the uh, the side, and they go in and, and cover the floor, so the floor is divided into three of those. Problem I'm having though is large eggs turning sideways in here and having to oh. come and turn them.
0: Huh. Okay, so this so those they just have uh, little rollers that they lay on. They don't actually have the the cups that that.
1: No, there's okay, just, I yeah, they're, they're all sitting on these rollers. Okay. And when you open the door and it cools off, it
0: starts yelling at you. It's supposed to scream at
1: you, yeah, uh-huh. which is okay. I'm okay it could, with
0: it. Good, because if, if something happens and, you know, you you start dropping in temp and you're going to hear it screeching in the next room.
1: Oh, there's a cool yeah. idea for anybody that's got PVC pipe oh. in around. That's actually a feeder.
0: Oh. PVC pipe feeders, are, yeah, that's a great setup right there, too. Well, you know, Hey, have you done any videos on, like, uh, you know, build-outs for things like that or you any your hoop coops or whatnot, like, kind of uh, tutorial videos or put some plans up or anything like um, that? I
1: just started showing people the uh, the hoop coops that we have just to kind of – and, like, I wish I had done video on, like, step-by-step how to build them. You know, and do, and do like, the sped-up video where it shows how you right. slap something together. That would have been cool mm-hmm. to do a time-lapse. <clears throat> in the future, I will. But, yeah. Let's keep filming like what we got going on. Like the next thing I'll probably film is outfitting this trailer for uh for the mobile watering rig and how nice, cheap it is. Nice, nice, and anybody nice. that's around here, they can get the, the, the that water that 275 gallon water tote. I researched it online trying to look for one for sale before I went. I wanted to know what the, like the pricing was like before I went to Kingston Greenhouses to ask about it because I was probably right. gonna get there anyway. I heard they were cheap, but I checked it out. They were like eight hundred bucks. You want to buy one brand new from Lowe's? They're like freaking 800 bucks. I'm yeah. lucky you get yeah. like, like we just have water to, to I me. Mean, money to just throw away on, I'm, I'm just gathering water. That's the simplest thing right? in the world. And I yeah. spent <laughs> a thousand freaking dollars.
0: I right. anyway, you know. food barrels and IBC totes for, for really Buck good. 25.
1: Price. Buck 25 at Kingston greenhouse. Nice. Old man, Leon the gardening with Leon, that guy's channel, that guy's place, mm-hmm. Kingston greenhouse. That's where I got it. And for uh, 125 bucks.
0: That's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all.
1: Huh. Well, the free would have thing been seen, ideal, you know, but I couldn't find it for free. I'll use anything for free that I can find, and that's the frugal homesteading part. Like, you you will learn Franklin, to use Franklin. whatever you can find, whatever you can find that's free. You will find a project to use it on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I have so much rent. You know, anytime. I, i'm somebody who's doing some home improvement uh old processor i worked at anytime they'd add on there would always be scraps of lumber scraps of tin stuff like that and i'd be like hey if you're going to throw it away i'll take it i'll mm-hmm. find a way to haul that stuff home and i i end up using that i've built entire coops roofed entire like 10 by 10 dog kennel style coops and whatnot just from scraps that i had laying around um, my one i need to get it get it together i threw uh, a little piece of uh um gutter up on the front of mine and i really want to do a rain catchment off of my one coop that actually just goes back into you know some some like little watering cups or whatnot so i've always got that fresh rain water for them it's just less less for me to have to fill so i that, add that to my list of projects you know anything you can do like that i mean if if you set up a roof on a coop try to do water catchment because water's not cheap just Why not? Oh, i mean
1: Water isn't free. You know, water is oh, part of exactly. your bill, and, and 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 you're back to your in your independence argument now too, where we're we're all part of this hydraulic empire, where where the oligarchs have the ability to turn on or off the flow of everything. Yeah, yeah. Or and they can you just restrict the flow to drive up the price, so they could turn the water off at any time if you haven't figured out how to draw water out of a pond and filter it.
0: You're not even allowed To collect your own rainwater Which if that's not telling you We got a problem
1: Like why <laughs> Why can I not have The water that Mighty Skyfather Has given to me today
0: Right right Oh because they say That the state owns that water No you don't really. own the rain really. Shut the hell up you know <laughs> uh,
1: Does the king thing. also own the sun And the sky and moon
0: in a moment, they'll try. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like down here. You all know, I, I get folks all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not telling people to go out and poach deer or whatnot. I process deer for a living, a good part of Earth the year. And I got to keep all my stuff all up and up and keep track of tags and stuff. But I even had, I've, I've had landowners. I have had law enforcement officers sit there and, and tell me why is it that I'm not allowed to go and shoot the animals that live on my own property, my own acreage that I feed. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't hunt the queen's deer, but that's the world yes. we live in.
1: No so hunting in the it. king's forest.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and, but, and you know, taxes are. ain't
1: nothing but the king's rent.
0: Here we are in the land of the free, and we're being told these these same the same bullshit, being taxed out out of our minds. Same bullshit, you know. And the only what's the solution? The solution isn't everybody get together. Grab your your scary rifles and let's go march on the White House. That's not going to solve the problem. That's going to get a bunch of people put in cages or dead. What mm-hmm. you can do is start doing what you can do. It doesn't matter what it is, do something. Like, okay, you live there in is no standoff. If you, if you don't have a square inch of grass that is under your control, if you live in an apartment and you have a balcony, you can raise quail. They sound like songbirds. The roosters that crow sound like a songbird. If you if you have an extra bedroom, an extra closet, you could raise rabbits. I know folks who literally raise rabbits and then on a 10th of an acre in their backyard, they raise enough fodder and forage to feed those rabbits for free. Now I don't get away with the rabbits very well <coughs> down here because mm. in my area, it's, it's so dang hot. And I pretty much have to keep them indoors, keep them air conditioned half the year if I was going to breed them. But that's another great resource for folks. Um,
1: how many friends do you have? that have the, the medical cards or whatever and they're growing however many you know, however many marijuana plants they're allowed to grow, they will right. find space in their apartment. They will outfit a closet. Oh, yeah. Put fucking aluminum foil up that wall. They will figure yeah. out a way to get it done to grow some weed. But you can't figure when out it comes to, to like, hey, there's not going to be any potatoes or any squash at the store. Maybe you want to feed yourself with something like, oh, I don't know where I put a garden. Like,
0: motherfuckers, right. you got weed growing in your closet. Exactly. You could go on Amazon and you could buy a grow tent for growing weed in your house. And people figure it out. People do it all the time. You got people in high-rise buildings growing tons of, of marijuana, but we can't figure out how to grow some herbs on the windowsill. We can't figure if, out if how to grow some sweet You'll figure
1: right. it out. If it's
0: exactly. important to you, you'll if, find
1: if a way. to The are problem is... It won't become important to a lot of people until they're, until hungry. they're actually hungry and then it's too late.
0: Right. Right.
1: Now so that's that's what learning. I'm trying to what I'm trying to scream into the internet world, into the inner space. Okay. The,
0: the, the, don't wait until you're hungry, stupid. No, because if you got it, if you went down the tractor supply right now and you bought some chicks and you come home and go, shit, let me find somewhere to put these things, start raising these birds. How long is it until you either get an egg or a meat chicken out of those birds? It's going to be a while.
1: A little while. It's going to be a bit. We, we've have done to, it though. So we've, we've actually up up. strung up on too many birds and had to yeah. do it a little bit. of building. had to figure yeah. out, Okay. We need to make some space for them. We need to fucking make them comfortable. Or we need, we need, you know, maybe a better yeah. water or we need this or that yeah, or that. Just but, you know, but there, you there, there's, there's no perfect way to do it. There's yeah. no wrong way to do it. The only but thing that thing is, is, is wrong about doing it is not starting to do it and then ending up dependent on the oligarchy for your food supply and then you wondering you've never like,
0: done it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw yes. up. You're going to kill birds. And you're going to, it's going there's a learning curve. You're going to have a hard time getting there. But, if you don't start now, you're, I mean, you're already behind the curve right now.
1: we if we're you're behind not doing the something or... now,
0: it's, it's shit's going to get bad, but you need to learn how to do it. So give yourself the opportunity to make those mistakes while you don't need to have those birds. If you wait until you need that food now, <laughs> you might start. You before to it's ready. <laughs> exactly. So now's the time to learn. Now's the time to start doing something. And you know, we're, we're in June. Pretty much anywhere that you can survive as a human, you can start growing shit now. You know, you're not going to go out in your backyard in Texas and start growing lettuce right now. You know, that you're going to have to wait till fall to start doing that shit. But you can start, you can put together a coop and start raising some chickens, some rabbits, some quail. You can start growing some, you can grow the, people don't realize this, You sweet potatoes. Go on down to your grocery store. You know, you leave those sweet potatoes sit around too long. They start, get, you know, growing on you and whatnot. Oh, it's too late, throw it away. No. Take those little slips, pop them off, put them in a glass of water in your window, let them root, start growing those things. You may not grow a whole crop of sweet potatoes to eat. That's awesome. Oh, yep. Yeah. Staring at the that's a here. meat bird eggs. That's, yep. that's a meat
1: bird. That's a duck. Look that's at the size
0: comparison on those. That is a big meat bird egg. Because duck eggs are a pretty good size. Yeah. What kind of ducks y'all raise? Uh Peekins. Yep, well, I well I we started beacons. with a couple of. Borborgs,
1: which look just like pecans and then we, we couldn't find any more Borborgs, so we got some pecans right. now we don't know which ones were which because they're identical
0: <laughs> yeah exactly we have but you know so what? white ones
1: I, we have white ones
0: if you're looking for fast meat production though I, pecan ducks are awesome and i think they finish out about as fast as Cornish cross and uh they're <laughs> they're messier you know you got to deal with the water situation but ducks are really easy to contain especially the large ones yes. and the thing with that is they lay great like the meat varieties of ducks like your pecans and your ruins and whatnot mm-hmm. they lay as well mm-hmm. as the like heavy, under heavy laying chickens and the eggs they, are freaking awesome but they also they will they eight just eight, like eight, old. yeah eight ten weeks old that's a full-size duck that is a chunk of meat you know so i i love yeah. i love raising ducks. Here's the pros and
1: cons that we've had with ducks. On the on the con side, we 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 finally went and got a drake. We couldn't figure out why our breeding pair wasn't breeding, and then we find out it was because they were both females, so they were laying eggs, or they couldn't wow. fertilize. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. scissor and fertilize each other.
0: Right. No matter how hard <laughs> they tried, they couldn't identify as a drake.
1: Yeah. No, they identify as a drake and didn't get it done, and that's not oh, a jab. Right. It, but... No, no, but
0: but it's just. <laughs> so, I'm not a biologist, but. Uh... <laughs>
1: so yeah, we had to yeah, go get you a Drake. Have both, both copies we had a problem with the
0: Drake. The
1: Drake killed two of you. Go play in the room like I told you. I didn't <laughs> tell you to not play in the room. So go back. Go back. So anyway, the Drake turned out he was, he was a psychopathic chicken fucker. And he killed two ah. of my meat birds. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't yeah. even want... Like the, he doesn't even want to like mate with the ducks. Now he is because we locked him up with a couple of duck hands. Right. So now he's like, Oh, okay, I guess you'll do. You're the hottest girl at the party. So but if he had his choice, he's chasing down chickens. So we I had, had to separate uh, him.
0: I think that a lot of times that happens when somebody uh, if you hatch ducks and raise them with chickens, they'll they'll kind of imprint on I I have one to do the same thing. Actually, I have a chicken that's that's a duck fucker right now. He doesn't want to mess with any of the other chickens. He <laughs> was hatched out with a bunch of ducks and brooded with them. And those, to him, that's his that's a sibling. So he thinks that's one of mine, you know. And yeah. yeah, I tell you what, a duck, if you if you have a duck that tries to breed chickens, it's not pretty. Their anatomy is not the same, and that's a big bodied well, animal. Chickens are not built for penetration. Small uh small low exactly, uh water. You know, at the or, same or time, really I kinda
1: know cowl. I kinda yeah. I get where he's coming from because he's yeah, like, hey, yeah. but he's ever been in there. I'm going to be the first one, you know. like,
0: Right. He's trying to do what he's trying to do. So. <laughs> but it's it, it's not so compatible on the chicken. End, so that could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, you know, the other thing with ducks is you've got to you've got to restrict how many drakes you have cuz yeah. uh, ducks are in the gang range they will straight up Break ducks to death you know you have too many drakes They'll run us yeah if you
1: drake. don't have enough if you don't have enough hens it's a problem yeah, but here's thing we went and bought more hens for this damn drake and he still kept trying to fuck the chickens so uh, uh, i was like bro like it's not working like, like it's this <laughs> is not working out so we're we've strung up on geese now we got sebastopol geese and and um, we like we like the situation with the geese uh, they're not aggressive toward the uh toward the chickens at all and they also um they you know they'll they'll guard them. they they alert to danger right. and, and like they, they make them hawk proof really because the, the hawks are not gonna come down they and try do. to fight a big ass no, goose.
0: No. no, no, no. I've never seen the geese really come at the hawks or whatnot, but I have noticed I don't have the aerial Pressure near as much as long as I have geese out there with them because they see a bird that's bigger than them and they're like, eh, eh we ain't yeah, I'll just, going to don't, don't have that problem. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have geese and they say, oh, they're great guard animals. Nah, eh, not really. And they're not really the best at necessarily alerting that there's a problem because uh, they're always chattering and, and talking and whatnot. I'll, I'll start hearing, I'll hear the geese talking. You kind of tune it out. You don't pay much attention to it. But then when everything goes eerily silent, that's uh, when I know there's a problem because they'll just. Sh- Shut up! They'll like go to the front yard or the backyard. Well, like, at night backyard.
1: we noticed we know like when they had that that raccoon. We missed that raccoon that killed our turkeys by by seconds. Right. And right. the waterfowl were all looking in the same in the direction that he ran. But right, we, right. we were alert we to that. Like me and my wife were in the room laying down to go sleep, and then we just heard one loud. Yeah. Yep. And then then dead silence. That's so like that. Right. So I knew that was that was one of the waterfowl giving an alarm. So like I'm gonna right. go out there and check it out. I mean, they give the alarm, then they, then they tuck down and try to hide, and, and yep, they yep, don't want to yep. be they don't want to be part of the action, you know. What they I mean? They, right to,
0: they make an alert to allow make sure everybody else is aware of the situation, and then they do that that shut up and silence kind of duck and hide type thing, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when, cool. you, when you I'm, lost it did, it, did it get into uh, one of your one of your pens, or did it uh, was it reaching through the it side? It got
1: and, over. It got over my Ranch Pro wire. I have a Ranch Pro wire strung around uh, strung around my uh, my field fence. Okay. And uh, they were able to come over it because we were dragging a hose through the fence to, to water and that hose when it was pulled back it hung up on the wire and uh, grounded it out all day. Yeah. So he was able just to climb over it without getting shocked. Right. Now I've got i got the I've got the uh, I got my premier one fence back there strung up right around you know the outside of, of that fence gate yeah so we can let them out on grass and I had this uh, last night i said why don't i take this thing that's supposed to hook up the next fence and just clip it to the wire right i know no, it's hot and it? um, boy let me tell you what that premier one <laughs> fence
0: yeah. that stuff gets pretty hot go yeah. grab that thing barefoot in the <laughs> rain and just get you a hook. <laughs> it'll wake you hey. up you only do that one time <laughs> yeah i've, uh, well, I've thought about doing uh i've got so many dang trees in my place I mean, i'll have the raccoons literally go up jump from one tree to another come down they'll circumvent all that but for my pens i mean i'm sure you've had it before they'll reach right through chicken wire pull something over to the side and if they don't tear through it they'll just eat something right through the fence so i've had to resort to either small hardware cloth or uh, i'll get that expanded expanded steel mesh that they make for uh steel lat for you know uh, you can get it at the hardware store like eight Oh, yeah, or good, and I'll, it's,
1: it's Yeah, I put
0: that stuff all around the around the basin, anywhere that a chicken or whatnot might roost near the side of a pen. I'll uh, I'll put that stuff all around there too, just so they can't reach through. And uh, thankfully, I haven't had anything, but but uh, snakes get into pens in the last couple years. As long as we <clears> keep an eye on things, you know, you watch, make sure nothing's trying to dig under and stuff. But I've got to have everything not, uh, locked up like Fort Knox at night, or I'll lose stuff because. We're right on the edge of the national forest. Uh, every oh, yeah. predator in the state of Texas will come up oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, It's like a predator refuge. Oh yeah, I've had uh, raccoons are the worst. Possums have been bad. We've had foxes, bobcats, some kind of cat that we can't identify. That I think it's something that we're told doesn't exist in the state of Texas anymore. But you know, that's the old government. Yeah, uh, Is it th- cat? No, I, I'm pretty sure we've had a, uh, um, a jaguarundi. and everybody tells me that no no they've been extinct in the state of texas since 1986 blah 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 they just showed up on a camera and i'm like yeah there's a lot of stuff that shows up that should have showed up on a camera but you're telling me i didn't see what i saw with my own eyes i would have loved to got it on video but i was too busy trying to keep from killing my shit i mean when something comes up and kills a 30 pound live goose bite to the neck you know it's a cat i saw it with my own eyes it's a cat it had a long tail it's not a house cat too big to be a house cat it was not a bob no, no, no. cat so well, but uh, i would have killed it if i could have yeah we got all kinds of things that showed up honestly probably the worst though has been uh stray dogs you know just wild dogs yes. we haven't had much of a problem at our place but uh they're out there they're out there you you've, you've got to protect your stuff you know and even if you live in town you you've got to you've got to be able to have some kind of predator protection or you're going to lose birds that's probably the easiest mistake for people to make. They go out and buy a, a little quick coop from Tractor Supply or Atwoods or whatnot, throw it up there. And those yeah, those the little $800, the
1: little oh, yeah. $800 hardly any square foot coop.
0: And it'll hold about four chickens. And, uh, yeah, it's going to last about a week before something breaks into it. Yeah. So yeah. No, do yourself a favor and follow some uh, somebody who's actually doing this. Go and, and build a real coop. Build it yourself. Uh, that's, that's going to be, you're going to eventually do it anyway. So just save just money go ahead and, do it. and you're going to save you will, money.
1: You, you do it yourself. You do things. it better. You're going to save yeah. money. Then the, yep. the little cutesy, you know, pet chicken coops. Those, those are for pet chickens. Those are, I mean, if you're going to spend four bucks on a chicken and then a thousand bucks on a coop, that's a yeah. pet, right? Like that, that is not, right. that's not livestock.
0: That makes some really expensive meat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's not that's not part of my sustainable model. I'm sorry. No, uh, I no. built I built mine out of two by sixes that was pulled off of a rail car that was being used as cribbing to hold down a whole bunch of ingots of zinc to keep them from sliding yeah. around. They they took some two uh, by yeah. sixes to age and cut an edge, pounded them into the floor with like giant nails. Yeah. So well, I'm gonna pull these out and and it was like two boards stapled together. They're all they're six footers though. So like, okay, what can I build within six feet? <laughs> Chicken coops. Yep. Frame them yep. out with these two by sixes. They're built. They're built stout. And then uh, I used pallet slats to the first chicken coop that I built. I used I cut slats out of pallets because I saw how much the uh, how much it was for a sheet of plywood. I said eighty bucks. Oh, I know it's insane. Eight feet of wall on a chicken coop. I'm not right. paying eighty bucks just to no. put an eight foot barrier. Oh. Exactly. So I pounded a bunch of pallets apart, and I took a bunch of you know screws and 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 the uh, and the pallet slats. And I just put a slat down, zip, uh-huh. zip, slat zip zip, slat, zip, 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 until the whole Perfect. thing was just covered in pallet slats, walled in. Yep. The whole floor was like that too. I used thicker stuff for the floor, and yeah. But any, anything that you got laying around, like I you said, safe, the, the, uh, like the sheet metal safe. you were bringing home from work, yep. golden. It's all golden.
0: If you want to uh, build a stationary chicken pan, I think the probably the easiest way for somebody who's just wants to do it. Go look on Craigslist, Facebook, or Craigslist, Craig's Craig's <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, anything like that, or go on down to Home Depot or something like that. But get yourself like a dog kennel, like a chain link dog kennel. Set that thing up, build a solid roof on it, whether it's plywood, slats, old tins, something like that. And then cover all of the gaps and the holes and the corners and whatnot with hardware cloth or mesh, something like that. Get yourself a good mesh all the way around the bottom that's going to be the best investment you've made in square footage and predator proof right there, you know, and then, right, then and one if you, on, throw it, throw it, if,
1: if you take that mesh and before you attach it to your base, mm-hmm. you bend the bottom of it into an L. Yep. So, so you it don't comes have out like this and underneath. then bends out like that. Then yeah. cover it with dirt. And then as soon as something tries to dig in there and they find that, like, Oh, there's a magical force field and then they'll move
0: on self assured Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, that's going to give you a ton of space. You can walk in the damn thing. I'm six two. I don't want to walk into a four foot high coop, you know, and if you've got a tiny little bitty coop out there, you're going to find is you're never going to end up cleaning it. You're never going to go in there and and change your bedding and do what you need to do. You're going to have eggs in the corners that rot because you can't get into the damn thing.
1: So let's talk about deep bedding real quick. You want to, yeah, let's get those chicken coops, those $800 ass cutesy wootsy little chicken coops from Tractor Supply or Horseman's or whatever, or fucking mm. wherever, those are ridiculous. They got a little tiny tray that's uh-huh. this deep. They got yep. this deep of a tray, and they're like, sprinkle some flakes in there for them to poop yeah, on.
0: Yeah, no, so that's then, great if you're a cat litter scoop and clean your chicken crap out every single day.
1: And <laughs> then the thing, some it. of them chicken poops are bigger than the slot allotted yep. for the little tray that they're supposed to poop on and push yep. a little bit of, you know, some, some wood chips down on the tray. It's, it's too freaking cute. It's too cute. Yeah. But it's, so it's cute there, you got to clean it.
0: And putting them in a dog carrier so you can go in and clean out all the crap. And you like
1: this thing out because it's full of shit. What you do is, yeah.
0: Because you're getting it wet now.
1: Yep. We mess with ours twice a year. Right. We do our bedding twice a year, sir. We put, a mm-hmm. uh, matter of fact, I'm going to run outside and show you. All right. It's super easy to build. Mm-hmm. And, and you fill it up. When you've got six inches of, uh, of of bedding in there, what you do, you go in there with a the rake, you turn it once a week. At the end of the season, you've got some great compost for your garden. Mm-hmm. And it gently composts all winter, which produces some heat also. So, right. That's tough. Yep. Like, I could, like, I could. This is all dry. I need to probably turn this right now. But see, I put a board in my right six inch board, and I yep. fill it up here, you know. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll mix this up and then I'll add some more. And then by the end of winter, crazy. come springtime next year, you all these it. little dry poops in here uh, and mixed in with all this carbon material, it's going to be great. It's but nice. yeah, it's 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 see, like, I just put a nice, I put a board up in front of here. here I'll
0: dig off. Yep. And if you keep up with it and you keep adding fresh bedding material, there's not really an odor issue. Everybody thinks it's gonna smell horrible or whatnot. No, nope. it dries it out because that's the key. It's not gonna stay wet. Now we Immediately
1: dust, captured by the carbon. If you're using carbonaceous material, like you know, nope. it could be dead leaves, dead grass, or or just chips of wood of any size. Okay. The small chips break down a little faster than the big ones, but nope. that's all it's gotta be is just sawdust, even like
0: now with mine, I run just, my I run my ducks and my chickens together in the same coop and when we first started doing it, I mean, I, I let my chickens out and stuff now too, but I usually have a couple of chickens that stay in the coop, shut up during the day because you know, ducks are messy. It's wet. So you've got to keep adding a lot of dry and whatnot. So that deep litter, I probably got to do it way more than twice a year. But the nice thing about that is because chickens love to do what scratch and turn all that stuff. So I can keep that bedding a lot fresher. It's not just compacted layers of mud and, and duck poop because I, uh, I, I let those chickens come down during the day and scratch and turn that and keep that, that bedding fresh. We
1: we do it out here
0: between the coops, too.
1: Uh-huh. This is just it is
0: deep bedding material gradually so
1: turning into soil. It captures so the as it goes.
0: Uh, what's your preferred bedding material? What what are you guys using there? Just uh,
1: the pine shavings? wood chips. I, I rich, like the I big pine wood. shavings, but I will also use hay when it's free. Like we had – we, we drug a whole – bale of hay up in here and used half at a time over the winter because it was already foul and they weren't going to use it for their cows so we just drug it in here and used it for bedding because it was free
0: when i can get it if you can get a hold of the tree trimmer guys and they've usually got just extra chips and they'll love a place to drop uh you know stuff like that man wood chips if you can get free wood chips that is the best thing you'll ever use
1: yeah are you seeing it i'm seeing it this is what this is just these big wood chips but yep. you see the big wood chips break down into small wood chips. And, like, this yep. was all poo in here at some point, but the, the wood chips immediately capture the poo and start breaking it down. And so yep. like here. this is part wood chip, part poo, and 100% pretty soil. Because all that ammonia was all that ammonia was captured, so there's no and smell. And here, that's
0: yeah. going to be the best compost, better than any compost you can buy.
1: Yeah, when we finally do end up pulling it out of here, we'll stick it out by the fence. And we'll hose it down just to get it to kick off one more time and to finish breaking down. Mm-hmm. It'll How heat it up one it last that? time. Yeah, and then after that, then you got some nice fertile compost. Mm-hmm.
0: And if you can't grow a garden in, in that compost, you can't grow anything.
1: But <laughs> uh, The main the main thing about it that appealed to me, though, was I was not going to have to go. And we, somebody gave us one of those little stupid... Uh, mm-hmm. with them little tractor supply type of coops with the little yep. tray in it. Yep, yep. <laughs> We we immediately just took that out. We floored it. Yep. And I put yeah. deep bedding in that too. So when we went to build our own, we went deep bedding. Cause like, I'm not, change- I'm not going to deal with chicken poop every day. I'm just not no, going to do it. I don't can't. have time. Do it. No,
0: no. Most people don't, you know, you got a life. And, <laughs> and like exactly
1: that, that whole store-bought system is like designed to make you feel like what a chore this is to keep a bird or two uh-huh. sure, i sure wouldn't want to keep a few hundred well no not if i had to keep their betting this in and change
0: a few hundred right, worth right. Do, then you th- do you think the meat chicken that the chicken meat that you buy from the store was raised by somebody who has a whole pile of those little bitty little little looks like a ranch house type chicken coops yes, and somebody a little red barn sliding mm-hmm. these little trays out and tra- changing them out every day you know it's you a little red barn before.
1: with a weather vane yeah, and they've got absolutely. thousands of them
0: oh yeah there's just fields of them and somebody's out there changing trays every day <laughs> yeah this is not how it's no. done. You
1: know? <laughs> no in the industry it's actually like everybody should go look at this for themselves to figure out like where their meat comes from right because they're kept on one square foot.
0: Exactly. Well, We'll be, I say be ca- careful if people are just getting into this. Don't go on Facebook and join a bunch of chicken groups and listen to all the old blue haired chicken ladies who mm-hmm. want to go out. And uh, there are people who they're worse than the dog people on Facebook. You know, there are the people who literally tell you, don't get don't let any onions end up in the food scraps you give your chickens because it'll kill them. You know, the list of things that will kill a chicken that or have never killed my Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa, oh, no, no, no. Right. Oh, my,
1: God. <laughs> oh my God, Are you kidding me?
0: I've seen chickens tear up some shit that you say is supposed to be toxic to them, and they don't care. They don't care. You got people saying, if you throw in an apple core, your chickens are all going to die. They're going to eat those seeds, get cyanide, and die. No. No. Uh, they're not that hard to raise, you know. Things do happen. There are there are problems, you know, or whatnot, but there is so much fear surrounding this. They're not hard to raise.
1: They're not. It's been surprisingly easy. That was like part yeah. of the first part of the learning curve. Is I could actually do a lot more of this. Like I know I'm not doing it exactly how I'm going to end up doing it right now. I'm going to figure out a few things. Figure out how to treat you know, a couple of maladies like sour crop and whatever. that we like have to get through. You know, you're gonna have chickens fall ill and you're gonna learn how to deal with that as you go. Yep. But, but it's first in, to make the mistakes, you're the first getting mistakes. The first thing them. you're gonna find out is it was easier than you expected. Exactly. And that it it's just it's just as easy to raise fifty birds as it is to raise five. If you know if you set it up if you set it up properly to where you're just doing one set of chores. Yeah. I mean it takes me about
0: a half starting out, start out with like five or a dozen or something like that. Probably don't go buy 50 chickens right away, especially if you don't have the facility set up to house them, because you're probably gonna end up with 50 dead chickens. Uh, but you know, get started. And once you do get started and you build that confidence of you know with a smaller flock, it's really easy to ramp it up. It's really easy to to figure out a way to to increase your per- performance and your So I don't know. Well, we're knocking on about an hour and a half here. Uh, I have a feeling we could revisit this and come back and cover a whole lot more topics. We could probably go on for days. Uh, So I'm sure we'll have you back around. But as we Uh, finish out, are there any kind of last minute finishing thoughts that you kind of want to tell people anything uh, that you kind of want to point people towards?
1: Just I mean, do what you can do. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do because you definitely can and and should. And, and as soon as you start doing wh- whatever it is that's in your heart that you think you want to do, and you have the resources to kind of put toward that direction, just start doing a little bit, and you'll find out that it's not as hard, not as hard, and not as scary as you thought it was. And then you'll end, you'll end up expanding. And like, don't don't covet somebody else's garden or somebody else's setup because that didn't happen for them overnight either, you mm-hmm. know. No, and no. and don't 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 be worried about what else somebody else knows because they didn't they didn't begin their life knowing more than you that no, they had to learn too. So, I mean, We're just focus, <laughs> focus on yourself, get something done, provide for your family and, and provide your own food security. And and when you can get to, to the point where you can scale up and you will, then you'll also be able to help your friends and your neighbors. You'll be, you'll be a benefit to your community, a pillar in your community and, and just, and it's time for, it's time for every consumer to make the transition to become a producer. Even Absolutely. if you and I'm Absolutely. not saying that you have to produce everything that you consume, no. you know, like maybe you still have to go to Walmart, you know, a time or two a month to, to catch yeah. up on, on the things that you can't produce. Maybe yeah. that's everything right now. Maybe all you can produce is some zucchinis in a small garden on a balcony. That's still something, and that is still a measure of independence that you have reclaimed from a system designed to reduce you exactly. to dependence and that Absolutely. is the struggle that is the fight food is a weapon so you need to pick it up and use it you need to pick it up and use it for your own self-defense so that's, that's why that's where i would leave it sir and i'd that love to come perfect. back when we get the remote site set up and we have all of the the remote oh, watering yeah.
0: That is awesome. No, we definitely want to see that. Absolutely. And well, all right, Johnny, thanks so much for joining me here. It's been a great discussion. Great topic. Thanks for Uh, having me. It's been great. It could go on forever. And uh, yeah, well, so follow him over there, uh, Rebel Poultry on TikTok. Uh, he's not hard to find. I posted the link in the in the YouTube show notes and I will post that in all the audio side and stuff as well. Uh, you can find all of my stuff and always find my live uh, feeds and whatnot at life.libertymeat.solutions. Uh, and like I said, check out uh, RenegadeButcher.com. We're trying to launch those seasonings over there as well. We got a bunch of the Food Freedom merch and stuff. So everybody head on over that way. I'm pushing. I've got those memberships. We're going to hopefully get going, get this stuff kicked off. Um, I'm only doing 100 of the lifetime memberships. So... That may take off really quick. If you want it, get in on it. I'm going to be on the survival podcast coming up on Wednesday. Uh, That's going to be a huge audience there too. So you never know. Those might sell out quick. Uh, And hopefully we'll be having some more people uh, interviewed here in the next few weeks. I will announce those as we know them. But uh, thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you are having a great Friday and have a great weekend. So uh, keep uh, doing what you're doing. Don't be just a talker. Be a doer. Like he said, don't uh, just be a consumer, be a producer, go out and be free.